0: Don't
1: you, want it? Don't you want it? Don't you want it? Don't you want it? Don't you want it? Don't
0: you want it? Don't you want it? Don't you
1: want it? Don't you want it? You lose my, my dead lives.
0: So if you're watching this episode, uh, you might notice that we are not reviewing the movie that we picked last week. I don't
1: even. Vodka. I don't even know which. One I it cannot
0: was. remember the name of it.
1: Cinderella.
0: Yeah, Cinderella. Something like that. Cinderella. <laughs> um, but after we picked that movie, I then looked up that film just to see a trailer. Even I was just curious to see what it even looked like. Mm-hmm. I could not find it anywhere. And then I did some more research, and apparently that movie, which was directed by James Wan, who you know directed Saw and Insidious and The Conjuring, big filmmaker. Uh, that was a movie that I guess he shopped around at a festival and Nobody there's, picked it up. there's no copies of it available on VHS or v- DVD or anything. So there's no copies on the Internet, essentially, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. So for the first time ever, we had to do a repull yeah. from the bucket. Here we are at the Deadlight set about to do a repull for the first time ever in history. Because, for whatever reason, the internet won't let us watch the one that we pulled last time. So, here we go. The tr- true repull. So, you can see, deep in there. Okay. So here we go. As always, I will read the log line first. A world-weary detective is hired to investigate the murder of a West Point cadet. Stymied by the cadet's code of silence, he enlists one of their own to help unravel a case. A young man the world would come to know as Edgar Allan Poe. We will be watching. 2022's The Pale Blue Eye. Directed by Scott Cooper and written by Scott Cooper.
1: Ooh. You
0: know, Mr. Poe.
1: Mr. Poe-poe. Yes. Yeah, he's become quite a character, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Lately.
0: Kind of like a... Everywhere. Yeah, one of these, like, historical figures that's almost, like associated with supernatural things Mm -hmm. almost stranger than fiction kind of style but
1: also wicked smart wicked smart oh he's so good with his words
0: yeah because he's a poet you know so he can be a wordsmith in that way and i guess we should start there you know the the main thing of this movie is the idea that we're bringing someone who is from history into a work of fiction do you like that do you like that idea?
1: You know, it 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 reminded me, like, maybe because of the way this movie played, like a mystery kind of movie, mm-hmm. um, it reminded me of Sherlock Holmes. We're fascinated with someone who is gloomy and creative, and we just don't know what draws that kind of person into those dark themes, so... Um, I, I do like the way they played him. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know when it comes to historical figures too. Um, I don't know if I like a particular person playing them, especially one that I might have known from a different movie or TV.
0: Mm mm hmm. You know? Yeah. I think that at least for this, that's why I asked, because sometimes it feels like divisive, you know, when you're throwing in a historical figure just to be like, ooh, look at this cool thing. But I think that they didn't throw it in our face that much of like, remember, this is Edgar Allan Poe. Like he wasn't being like an overtly dark poet i think that the actor that played him did a pretty good job of kind of making him his own character very quirky very quirky and yeah kind of a he was the dark sheep of the academy and he think i think he played that very well and he was well cast because he he looks like that mm-hmm. and so him being edgar Allan poe it actually didn't take me out of it because he felt like a fully realized character in the film. He didn't mm-hmm. feel like they were just using it as a gimmick. Um, and yeah, at a certain point I kind of just forgot that that is the famous poet, yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. He was just another character within the story that we're set in.
1: I think it's also, we've had a lot of like those kinds of characters appear where it's like, a very high functioning kind of person um who's like wicked, smart and has some kind of riggedness to them mm-hmm. uh where everybody arounds them knows that they wouldn't step over uh or cross any boundaries um so then they use that to the the movie used that to their advantage to make us question at one point. Oh my God, is he? Mm-hmm. You know the bad guy. Um, so did like that? Yeah. That um, no, there's no way this this person's too pure. Right. They're into dark things, but that doesn't mean that they themselves are a dark person.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: They just like can see the beauty of both going the distance to murder. For someone's affection, mm-hmm. you know, if they were cross themselves, they can see themselves carry that through. But then, at the end of the day, they're like, "Oh no, oh no, I God, will no. never murder." I can see how one can, yeah, but I myself can't do that.
0: I'll no. watch from over here. I'll <laughs> look from the distance, but I won't do it. No, yeah. Um, all right, well, let's let's get into the pale blue eyes. Let's dive into. Mm. The can,
1: Le-can.
0: um, and I mean, going along with the title, the "Pale Blue Eye," a lot of blues, a
1: lot of blue, very, so very much blue. blue, yes. Um, in in one instance, I did mention that um, that particular blue is n- I'm not a fan of. Um, I can see it in accents, um, but when it's overuse and it's just oversaturated it does become very much k- like camouflage to me mm, mm-hmm. um, in a way that I just like need another color. Where
0: it's like, it feels flat.
1: It feels flat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. because I myself, I'm not quite drawn to the color. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else
0: Well, it was that way. <laughs> it, well, it was definitely, they were going for the blue as the over toned mm-hmm. color of the entire thing and then using orange as like the color of the light sources and the highlights and everything. Um, but I can definitely see what you're saying in that. I, I think also too, it's because I think they were using only natural lighting, like uh, light coming through the windows or candles at night. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they were using any additional like electrical lights mm-hmm. to light the sets. So they were relying on, Only on candlelight and only on sunlight to light these spaces, which obviously restricts your frame. You know, you have to put people in certain places to be able to see them when you're not using any additional lighting. So um, I think that part of it was really cool that for the most part, it was all naturalistic lighting and it really drove home the time period that we were in. Um, and the feeling of being there. And it would be really dark. Yeah. And really, very dark. really hard to see with just a candle, you know. Hard
1: to see. And also, um, like the bar um, mm-hmm. that we're often visiting. The
0: candlelight. Oh, candlelit bar. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely filled with candles. They have to. They have to. Yeah. Yes. I personally enjoy bars that have that intimacy kind Mm -hmm. of like low lighting and um i used to go to a bar in arizona that was a morgue so it was that kind of lighting of like very dim
0: you know poe would be going to that bar
1: i would have probably fallen in love with him
0: he would have been in the corner writing fucking poems being the coolest dark dude
1: i was writing poems in the In the bar. You would show uh, <laughs> up one day and
0: Poe would be in your sheet and be like, excuse me. Excuse me. What's going on here? Exquisite. <laughs> do you know who I am? And um, he would be like, do you Poe who I am?
1: Do I? Oh, no.
0: He'd make something more clever than that. But, you know, I something like
1: freaking that. freaking hope so. <laughs>
0: Damn it. Um But yes, I thought the cinematography actually was really pretty in this movie. Um, he was... Agreed. Agreed. Uh, giving us some really pretty shots. Um, and just, you know, it, when you have a budget to make a, a good time uh, period piece, the the pretty shots, I feel like, are pretty endless. So oh, yeah. he was definitely setting us in that. And I I felt it. It was cool. Um, and then we kind of already kind of touched on this with, with Edgar Allan Poe, the actor that played him. He was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that for the most part the acting in this movie was, was pretty good.
1: It was incredible. I keep any time that Chris Bell... Christian Bale.
0: Chris Bale. Chris I Bale. I like that we're like giving him a nickname. Chris Bale.
1: Chris Bale <laughs> no. who,
0: who plays Augustus Landor. <laughs> Detective Augustus Landor.
1: Landor. Yeah. Uh, no, Christian Bale. Chris Bale. Um, there's just like a lot of things that we hear behind the scenes and stuff, blah 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 mm-hmm. about him. Um, but also he's an incredible actor. Um, we shouldn't dismiss that he can be an asshole, but yeah. he, I, there's some deliverance of some of the lines, and then the in like tension that's created when he's not yelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like those moments a lot more because uh, when he does yell, uh, it reminds me of freaking batman and i can't separate the two literally because of the level of that it just like gets to um
0: literally there was just one scene i feel like where he yelled for the most part and we both were like what the fuck like we both had a moment of like that seems so yeah
1: because yeah
0: him on that even keel just plays so well yeah um and also within this character of a character that is trying to keep an even keel the entire time, when in reality there's a lot of secrets that he's holding in about his past and about what's really going on. So, but you feel that heaviness mm-hmm. even when he's being cool. Because it's not a cadet, but a woman.
1: Hmm. You knew the solution all along, Mr. Landor.
0: I had an idea. All right, so uh, let's get to the meat right yeah let's get to the meat what we're what we're actually talking about in this movie, and I mean no matter how much they wanna deny it, this movie is all about the ladies it's all ladies. it's all about it's all about these dudes pursuing women or you know doing things because they have desire for the women in their lives. And it pushes them to do things. And like...
1: I guess women were a rarity, you know? Like, you didn't see many women. For every one woman, there was five other men.
0: That's true. Well, especially because we're set in West Point Academy. This military academy where at this point in time, there's no women there.
1: There There's only four women in this movie. Right.
0: And none of them were at the academy.
1: None of them crossed each other oh, except for the mom and the daughter.
0: Right. They were all... Yeah, they're all these like high society women that are at home. Well, not even just the high society ones. Like All the women are at home.
1: Except for the bartender.
0: Except for the bartender. She, she, was, a woman. she was She was actually giving... Had her finger on the pulse of this place. She had some information of her oh, own. Oh, yeah, she
1: did. And then she also was like... Mm, with uh,
0: Chris Bale. Lador?
1: Lador? Lenore. Landor. Landor. A-
0: Augustus Landor.
1: Augustus Landor.
0: Yes. Um, but yeah, there was kind of this, like one of the first scenes. I thought it was just an interesting, almost like blatant point that they made in one of the first scenes after Chris Bale goes to the first crime scene of The Hanged Man they make a point to say, this is not a woman. What type of fella could do this? Strong one. Not a woman, then. No woman as I've ever had the pleasure of meeting, no. And then they continue to kind of revisit that as the mystery unfolds, that this can't be a woman, it's got to be a man, blah, blah, blah. And then in the end... Yes, it wasn't a woman that did it, but the motivations behind everything that's going on with the family and with Chris Bale all go back to women in their lives. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was just like this interesting tie that Scott Cooper maybe was trying to make of how women are, how important women actually are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I one of the lines I think that would highlight the tone for the whole movie is when Edgar Allan Poe leans over to the to his um you know his fancy mm-hmm. and was like
0: I've come to realize that I would do most anything for you. Slaves. Slaves to these women.
1: You know? Yeah well, well uh love slash los will make you do just about anything mm-hmm. to, to keep it. I'll um, anything. and one of our women was raped by three cadets. Returning home from the academy ball, no! Oh. No! your Mattie was raped no! and left for dead by three nameless ruffians. No! 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 He wanted her to like go to this ball for her to enjoy herself but also like go experience love mm-hmm. like go and you know fancy a boy and have have them take care of you if yeah. it ha- like if it ends up working out but then no she ends up getting fucking raped and
0: and like then commit suicide yeah because, because of it
1: it's hard yeah that, yeah that was yeah and and that drives Then his character to do what, like to seek revenge, he he had to, in the name of her, Mm -hmm. because she she would have not even considered suicide probably if she wasn't suffering from PTSD in the aftermath of the trauma. Yeah,
0: I do think it. Yeah, I think it's just an important point that scott cooper makes through this movie of the continual like denial of how important these women are in their lives you know and so i think that it's smart to almost like set this in the 1800s because of this like very much societal norm of women are below men And then we have a story that is such the motivations are so driven by the importance of the women in these men's lives. Um, Yeah, I think it's just like I think I like that tie that he makes with the story.
1: And I think it was, you know, like supposed to even have us question our main character. Absolutely. Because like up to that point. We weren't questioning Christian Bale. No. We were like, oh, no, he's like our, our loyal, you know, hero. Yeah. And like, he also committed some
0: some stuff. We are in this movie, the perspective is from Chris Bale. Mm-hmm. So automatically, as the quote unquote narrator of this story, we trust him. But mm-hmm. I think the literary term is he's an unreliable protagonist. He's an unreliable narrator because in the end, everything that we're being presented is just how he wants it to be presented, especially to Edgar Allan Poe, his partner, and to us, the audience, and to everyone else around well, him. He's,
1: yeah, he's playing them like like little puppets. And
0: because,
1: us. I mean, yeah. Because everybody else is forming the narrative. He is having them come up with what has happened. Mm-hmm. Nor shall I forget how he played the rest of us as fools. Fools. But I was your prize, fool.
0: And then the last thing that I wanted to say in the meat um, is this big part of what the crime is, is removing the heart. And then there's a line that's, that is, heart is a symbol you know yeah. the heart is a symbol for something and i think that there's a lot of symbols that it could be associated with in this movie i mean one fact is the people that are actually removing the hearts are doing that to give this girl life you yeah. know she they're they're using demon magic
1: demon magic yeah, satanism satanism to,
0: satanism, to cure her illness yeah. uh, cure her seizures and then there's kind of this other symbol that can be associated with it which is like love you know and
1: she needed the, the heart of someone that actually loved her mm-hmm. and were, was willing to like sacrifice himself
0: yes and that was the line of
1: sacrifice is the ultimate expression
0: and then that too extends to Christian Bale's character, you know, like his love is what drove him to kill too and sacrifice his his morality? Yeah. Really? Morality. For his love for his daughter. So yeah, I, I mean, when they say there's lines in this movie that are very blatant. And when they say them, it's like, yeah, right, heart is a symbol, okay. Duh.
1: And, and, you know, poetry is very flowery, you know, very symbolic. Um, and there is a reason why when someone commits a crime of passion, it's called that mm-hmm. because they have gone to a place in their brain, chemically, in which it's off balance. And they are just... Doing things out of rage, revenge, lust, all for the sake of passion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just truly love that the last line is him saying, rest easy, my love. Um, And he is, you know, in the same position she was, which makes us think, you know, he's also going to do the same thing. But. With the deliverance of that line, rest easy, my love. It makes no sense for him to destroy himself mm-hmm. because he already did that more morali- out more morata- morality. Yeah, I got yeah. there. But um, yeah. So he was just kinda like saying like um sending off the yes. the letter of mm-hmm. being like in here. Here's the end to my kind of inhumanity.
0: Yes. And at least for him, she can rest mm-hmm. in his mind. Yeah, Rest in peace. Um, oh, that's great. I love that. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't love that he killed people, but, you know. No, I like. But... I, I think I'm glad that she is at peace. Um, let's get to the cook. Let's, let's cook f- it up. Let's cook it up. Um, and I think that this movie really the main cook of it is the this who done it you yeah. know it's a mystery movie
1: it's a mystery movie we're
0: following a detective there's these cla- it's like really a classic setup you mm-hmm. know we have a murder and we got a like the um logline says a world weary detective you know a, a detective wh- who's like the best but he's got a dark past and we're not really sure what it is mm-hmm. and we got a mystery on our hands and we have a bunch of suspects. And the whole time we're just like bouncing back and forth of who, who it could be.
1: Who who has information.
0: Yeah, and we're finding these clues one by one yeah. and it just it I think it does work very well in keeping the pace of the movie mm-hmm. and the momentum of the movie going.
1: Yeah, and I think this is a very American style, is it not? Of like we are filled with TV and movies about solving something. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Adam and I recently finished watching Poker Face. Mm. And it was that of, like, each episode is unique and she is solving something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and piecing together puzzles and stuff. And I, I thought that was a very American kind of, like, concept. Mm-hmm. Not that it's like purely American, but it that is what drives our, um, uh, TV or Hollywood, our.
0: Yeah, and it's I mean certainly recently with you know, true crime and all that kind of stuff. It's very you know, the resurgence of interest in real life murderers is absolutely mm-hmm. at an all time high, but it does remind me a lot of like. 1940s 1950s film noir these hard-boiled detective stories um like the dick tracy movies you know and those are so classic and you're hitchcock. right hitchcock exactly is,
1: i mean one of the colonels his name was hitchcock
0: so true so true and i think it's an absolute nod to those like classic american um film noir kind of movies and uh the darkness of this movie in the cinematography, I also think is probably a nod to that as well. Um, and it just functions so well, you know, because the whole time we're just thinking our brains are running of like, who did this? Um, and then I thought the twist in the end was actually pretty decent. I didn't, I didn't see that coming.
1: Um, you know, I did I mean, I didn't see it fully, but I was like, ah, or something. There's something that we're gonna end up with.
0: There's something else you know? to this. Yeah.
1: Um. When we received the letter, uh, when when Edgar Allan Poe got the letter from in between the lion statue, mm-hmm. and then it said, uh, "Take courage." I was like, oh, what? Mm-hmm. That matches the 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 eye. You know that's in the middle of the little slip. Yes. I like that puzzle. Yes. I really enjoyed discovering that puzzle cuz I mean, I don't I wouldn't have been able to put something like that together. I would have needed a couple of more things. Yes. But I love how they like solved the puzzle because they knew not only the Eng- the English language Grammar and shit, um, and spelling, they were all talking about spelling, but also, you know, psychology or sociology. I'm not sure exactly which one, probably a little we've bit of used. Yeah. but yeah, just like knowing who this person is and how they talk and how they wanted to deliver, um, information mm-hmm.
0: and how people, yeah, like, you know, people can misspell or,
1: yeah, he was trying to like guide him there because ultimately it was Christian Bale's
0: right. letter. It was. It was also interesting because I feel like Christian Bale's character was would have been smart enough to take that clue back because he knew if he left it with Edgar Allan Poe that eventually he would put two and two together that you actually, that Chris Bale actually wrote mm-hmm. that note. So it almost felt a little bit at the end like Christian Bale knew Edgar Allan Poe was going to figure out the mystery fully at some point. He wanted to mm-hmm.
1: because he like I don't think Christian Bale's character was gone, you know, uh, to the point where he was just going to start murdering whoever mm. he was exclusively only after the people who harmed him. And but then, you know, killed his, his daughter. Um and he wanted to get caught because he knew that was not right. Yeah. And he wanted Edgar Allan Poe to be the one to put him in jail because he is another <clears throat> brilliant mind, and they like had so much um what's the word I wanna use when Individuals c- admire each other, yeah. They had adm- a
0: lot of admiration, admiration for each other, yeah, it was,
1: absolute. Because, like,
0: they, they were like, both
1: wicked smart, <laughs> and it was like because they like would talk in, like, I don't know, um, uh, puzzles, and huh? and they, yeah, they really care for each other.
0: Oops. Well, you also have two characters that are the black sheep, you know, Edgar Allan Poe completely rejected from all the other cadets (laughs) they hardly know i'm at the academy and besides i've learned more in rooms like this than
1: any classroom
0: and then we have christian bale's character who's extremely lonely he lost his wife he lost his daughter and so for these two kind of outcasts to find each other yeah they take a lot of uh care for each other and they admire each other and they find and they're alone and they find comfort in each other and then it's it's i think it's very poetic he picks edgar Allan poe to because you're right he knows that what he's doing killing these people for pure revenge is morally wrong but he feels like he has to do it to put his mind at peace or at rest and he chooses edgar Allan poe to be the one to then pass judgment on him of is this okay you were the one who i wished to deliver myself to all along i knew that from the moment i first met you and here we are but chris bale couldn't make that decision for himself he had to put it in the hands of someone else to pass the judgment on him
1: well because at at that moment he is also just as bad as the coordinator who uh Opened the book of Satanism, of devil worshipping or whatever. Literally. um, And went beyond science Mm -hmm. to try to cure his daughter. So just in the way that he was trying to not have his daughter die, Christian Bale also went beyond science to try to bring... Um, some form of peace to his daughter dying. Yes. So they both were using extreme measures for the sake of the love of their daughters. I have tried every medical regimen I could think of. She was given three months to live. Do you know what it feels like to go to sleep not
0: knowing if your daughter will make it through the night? Let's get to the thrill. Ah! Ah!
1: I'm so scared.
0: Um, and it was kind of, like we've said, it's a mystery. So mm-hmm. it's kind of popping around who we thriller,
1: think. Yeah, it's a drama. thriller for
0: sure. There was no moment where I was like terrified mm-hmm. at all. But it's definitely this kind of like overarching tension of who's the killer? Who shouldn't we trust? Um. And so in that way, I think they did a great job of throwing our suspicion on so many different people.
1: I want to also mention this on the thrill. Um, I would never seen a corpse being used in that scene in which they grab the the corpse from... What we presume it was
0: like what, formaldehyde, yeah. some sort of preservative. Preservative, yeah,
1: because um, the, the body wasn't
0: a tub. See, not a clean cinch at all. The rope grabbed at him and ran up and down. Someone murdered Mr. Fry. Is this what you're telling us, Mr. Landor? You might be onto something there.
1: Just that scene itself is not something that I had seen. Yeah. So, because it was so new and it was a new way for us to examine a body, it wasn't just like a naked body on a on a bed. Um, I was like, "Whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah!" Like we are having to examine a body.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like a real autopsy, very clinical. Yeah, that was like a very shocking a uh, very well done scene and i'm pretty confident that that was not a an that actor that wasn't real I'm pretty sure that was a body cast a very very well done Are you body sure? cast i'm i'm pretty sure I they're making it. those things really fucking good now
1: which is really cool i'm like did i just chose the wrong profession like
0: <laughs> i mean goddamn like i had that thought too like the effects were especially with that effect specifically very grounded it, it really grounded the film and made it feel real because you knew in, in the 1800s they're doing things like this and autopsies are like this
1: mm-hmm.
0: still i mean it's a reality still today in autopsies that it's very clinical um and professional like this but we're handling a dead body so it's very morbid um but i think that th- those kind of moments really uh, ground the film and I mean, we're talking about Satanism and kind of like this surrealist magic thing, but we have moments like this that then bring us back to reality of like, oh, shit, like, that's a real dead person. And it feels like I'm in the presence of a real dead person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about that. It's, I know I,
1: I, I put a pin on that because I really wanted to bring that up because mm-hmm. is again, I mean, there is a lot of movies out there. they could have used a scene very similar to this, mm-hmm. but I personally haven't seen it.
0: Just want to know your opinion on: Was there actually magic going on in this movie? Because they have this this family that it's revealed that they are removing people's hearts and doing this kind of satanist, um, like rituals. ritual, yeah, to mm-hmm. give her more life. And it seems like this is not the first time that they've done this. It seems like they've maybe done this ritual before and it maybe helped. Mm -hmm. But we never actually see demons or see anything supernatural happening. We
1: just heard the music, you know? Yeah. Just like... So there's
0: no ever confirmed magic going on, but they do heavily imply that maybe this has been working for them so far.
1: Also, you know, she is suffering from seizures that doesn't tend to kill you unless she has tumors in her brains that are causing the seizures, but she would have already been dead. Cause it's been happening since she was a child. Mm-hmm. So she just could be really prone to seizures and, and is just, you know, sick. Mm-hmm. And then perf- like killing and performing these rituals might not be real, mm-hmm. you know? Um,
0: but then this movie the movie does an interesting thing that in that scene when we have the ritual we see the little dark there's like little dark veins coming out of her mm-hmm. eyes that look like very demonic They yep. so there's little or is it just like the disease the tumors in her head like there's that like tiny little detail that they throw in to make us question wait is this real is it? Is there magic in this movie yeah, I just I thought that this movie did a really good job of kind of treading that mm-hmm. that line, like because we don't have an answer of like no. was our supernatural things going on, which is great. I'm I'm fine with that. Maybe we'll I find know. out in Poe 2. Yeah. Poe 2. Poe 2. <laughs> Let's just get to the final ride, huh? Yeah. Overall. I mean, we kind of oh, mentioned shit. it before. I think this movie does a very good job functioning as a classic mystery movie, which inherently keeps you with it. Mm-hmm. It keeps you asking who did it and keeps you trying to put these clues together that yeah. they're presenting us.
1: And they're and they log- like the the puzzles are interesting and then the logic used is like actually coherent kind of like logic it's not like totally made up Mm -hmm. um so i I like that aspect when things are more tangible but they don't have to be all the time they can be more fantastical yeah but in this world i like the things were at least a little bit based on is magic real yes because also is magic real in real
0: life Mm mm-hmm and again, that kind of ties back to this idea of Edgar Allan Poe, who is this person in history that is almost kind of like this bridge to a darker realm in our minds. Mm-hmm. And because he's, you know, because of the poetry and his stories. So having him and in be involved in a story that is about humans kind of treading this line of magic and going into darker places, it just Logically makes sense for him to be there, you know, and And to witness all this.
1: I also really found it so amusing, uh, such a character trait to have Edgar Allan Poe, who is a romantic, he is a lover boy, Mm -hmm. uh, was asking his crush out on a date. And where do you propose his audience? Let me guess G's point, flotation wall? No, 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 no. Neither, I'm afraid. No. I had in mind the cemetery. The cemetery? Hmm. How interesting. Yes, I certainly think so.
0: It seemed like a fun date. I mean, until she had a Caesar. Caesar. A Caesar salad. <laughs> she ordered the Caesar salad. It went downhill from there. Oh, my God. You're never coming back to the cemetery again. <laughs> The Caesar salad.
1: That Caesar salad gave oh, her a yay. seizure. Yo, that y- little Caesar's.
0: Damn. Hidden Valley. No way. Oh. Oh, right. <laughs> Oh, all right. Night. Wow. The pale blue eye. The pale blue eye. The pale blue, blue eye. The pale blue, blue eye. <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20, 2022. <laughs> Let's get these smash pumpkins. Absolutely, oh, smash them, oh, smash, oh, smash
1: oh. them down. Uh, uh. Oh, uh, uh. Um, I'll go first. Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you got? I I'm gonna give this movie a four. Oh. And I quite enjoyed it, and like I mentioned before, I didn't think that I was going to because period stuff. I'm just like, "Nah." you know. Of um, I know there's some really good stuff out there. Okay. Don't judge me. It's just something that I have against period stuff. Um
0: but lay off, man. Lay
1: off, okay? Don't criticize me. Uh but I quite enjoyed it. Um acting was phenomenal, phenomenal. The script was phenomenal. The sim- cinematography was phenomenal. Um the puzzles I enjoyed um, the revealment of stuff I enjoyed uh everything about this movie, I thought that was really great um yeah, and I liked the momentum. I yeah. thoroughly liked how the pace of it I was never bored, and I just was tickled I was tickled a lot tickled. of the time by super tickled by uh dunley's um <clears throat> Performance of Edgar Allan Poe. I just, I was like, yeah, I think I would like
0: this dude. Yeah, He's i a,
1: would I would have been fancied by Edgar Allan Poe.
0: He was a great. He he really was a great Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, um, very, you know, his performance was a nice mixture of. We were suspicious of him because of how he was inherently acting, which is our fault as the audience because that's exactly what everyone else at the academy was doing to him um, so he has that like unfortunately like, creepiness inherently creepiness about him but he's a softie you know yeah. and he's like how he portrays him is just he he's just, into dark stuff but he's like uh, just a sweet guy you he, know
1: he it seems like he's very eccentric so he has a different way that he processes things yeah. Um and therefore emotions on him look different than all the others, you know. Like, yeah, he might have lingered staring at his crush in admiration while she was like, you know, playing the piano. But like, if you process emotions differently, and you don't know, like, oh, maybe I should shouldn't stare at her for five minutes, um, you know, like, eh. Yeah. You got to read the room. Yeah, he had no ill intentions, yes. everyone else did. Fair. Everybody else had masks while he didn't have a mask mm-hmm. and he was called ugly and stupid.
0: Poe, <laughs> we got your back, brother. We, got we see you. you, man. We see you. We see you maskless. And I I mean I completely agree with everything that you said. I was very I, quite honestly surprised at
1: yeah. how much I enjoyed
0: this movie because yeah, I didn't it. know it came out last year and it kind of felt like it got released and then lost went under the radar. Like yeah. no one really talked about it. Um, the only person I had mentioned uh, that I had heard mentioned seeing it was my roommate. Um, so I really didn't know what to expect and very pleasantly surprised.
1: lost in the sauce. There was a lost lot of sauce. things that have come out um lately that have been quite enjoyable
0: yeah and you especially know. you know coming out on netflix so many things come out on netflix mm-hmm. all the time so it's just another thing to watch on there um which i think can be a, a downfall to some of these streaming services and some of the movies that are on there that are really really good that just don't get watched because Mm -hmm. it's just mixed with everything else so i'm glad we pulled it i'm glad that we got the opportunity to sit down and watch it um i'm gonna give it a three five uh out of five really enjoyed it um for pretty much everything that you said i mean top down you know cinematography acting editing you know the meat was great Um, edgar we love you brother we love you man (laughs) Uh, I know lie. his name. I know his name. E dog. We love you. We love you.
1: Woo. Um, okay, cool. Cool. Let's let's see what we're let's watching next see. week. Hopefully. I, Hopefully I, we actually I, pick
0: one that we <laughs> that we watch. Where is it? Um, who who picked that last one? I can't remember. Well, I actually it's you do it because I picked this one. You,
1: yeah, I was yeah. going to say. I'm
0: like Yeah, really get I, in there. Look look around. Look around. Look around. Look around. Take a tour.
1: I want the Blair Witch Project image. Okay.
0: Ooh. Oh, God. Now it's up to me again.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I could choose. I could choose.
0: Okay. <laughs> Perfect. That's the, one, that's the hand I was going to choose anyway.
1: This one? Perfect. Sure. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh well. you already
0: looked at the name? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. But it's
1: on it. Ugh, oh, you're going to know exactly what it is. I'm going to read it backwards. Okay. <laughs> Myth Monsters, the researching student, grad skeptic, A by realty to summoned accidentally is hand, A for hook, A with soul, murderous, A.
0: No. Nope. <laughs> Nope, I tried. I if anyone can figure it out by that. Congrats.
1: A murderous soul with a hook for a hand is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student. Oh man, this researching so the monster smoke. Oh
0: man, I love Candyman. Candyman, Candyman. the it OG. Literally is The Candyman. The
1: Candyman. The
0: Candyman. The Candy Candyman Hell yeah. Have you seen this one? I have not. Oh. Be
1: fun. I heard
0: there's a lot
1: of knives. So, hooks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Herx. Herx. Well, cool.
1: Beautiful. Damn.
0: Well, see you next week for that. Get the, the candy, candy ready. Yeah. We're,
1: we're going to eat so much candy.
0: We better. Actually, yeah. We should get a shit ton of candy yeah. for that. And then by the uh, by the time we are recording, have huge stomach aches. Oh, my tummy hurts. Oh, my God. Oh, there's a hook coming up. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Yeah, that might happen if we say his name in the mirror five times. Five? Not three? Right? Five seems like so many. So,
1: might as well do ten.
0: Yeah, yeah, just keep going.
1: Candyman, 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 candy man. This is the club remix. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, folks.
0: Call us, please. Yeah. Please call us. We have a number, and that number is... Seven seven three three six, six six nine six six, six, six seven, seven seven. Leave us a message. Um, anything you want, really. Mm-hmm. Maybe i play later Stories. on the show.
1: Anything. 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 Please. Please. And then find me. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. Find me on Instagram. Color me, Leslie.
0: And find me <laughs> at beep beep richie tea. And us at the Deadlights Pod. Also check out Playground Social, which is the studio that we're recording this from. We're right
1: here.
0: But until next time, (laughs) let's Let's get get spooky. spooky. My eye.
1: My eye is piercing blue. And pale. pale.